in my opinion, there's a lot of different kinds of coaches. There's coaches that are like really intense on technical focuses. And there's coaches that are like really into rigging. There's coaches that write kind of crazy training plans. Then there's like guru coaches who kind of people just like flock to. I kind of feel like you dabble in literally every box. I was really wondering which one you were going to say. Well, so like, I- here's me waiting anxiously to like hear what you're going to say. Welcome to The Other Three Years, a show for anyone who has an Olympic-sized dream they want to turn into a reality. Hi, and welcome to The Other Three Years. I believe this is episode seven, so very exciting. Um, If we were aged, we would have started school. Actually, I think you start school when you're five, so we would be deep in school. So this week on the podcast, I have my longtime coach, Eric Catalano, um, known as Cat by me and everyone on the show. And Cat has been the executive director of Saratoga Rowing for, I believe, 15 years. And he started the Orion High Performance team that I'm a part of in 2016. And since then, he's coached over 10 athletes that have gone on to race at the World Championships. And many more athletes that have raced at the under 23 and junior world championships. Um, So he's a very successful coach and he's also a great person. And I'm, I'm really excited to share our conversation. We talk about how he got into rowing and then coaching and um, what drives him to be the best coach he can be. We talk about what he thinks the most important things a coach can do are. And we share some of his favorite sayings um, or cat isms and I will say, I forgot one of the most iconic catisms, um, which is that emotions are fleeting and useless, which might sound kind of bad and a little bit of a downer, but he's actually he's actually a real upper kind of guy. Um, so his his little quotes and sayings are pretty funny, and it was it was a fun conversation. So I'm excited to share it with you. Uh, but first. Uh, update of where I currently am in my training. So I am actually in Urba, Italy, and I got here on Monday. We took a red eye Sunday night, uh, Memorial Day. We got to Urba and the flight was actually not too bad. I slept a little bit, which sometimes you don't sleep. So it was nice to have slept. We've had a few good rows so far. The lake is so beautiful here and the hotel is awesome. Um, they make like homemade pasta in the basement for us, which is really great. It's hard to have only had a week at home. I think that was really hard for me um, to only be home for a week. I I don't get to see you know my boyfriend and my friends and family and stuff that much. So it's really hard to feel like, okay, I'm finally home. I get to have some time. But last week, it just didn't feel like I had enough time to do any of the things that I needed to or wanted to do. So it was it was nice to be home. But at the same time, it was like really hard to fit in everything that I wanted to do. And it's really hard when you don't have very much time with the, you know, the people that you love and care about. So that was really hard. I guess in a compartmentalizing kind of way, I'm sad to be away from home and and those people, but I am happy to be here. I'm really excited about, you know, the training block that we're 
about to have having and then we get to race in just a couple weeks so it's really exciting um we've been rowing in our quad the past couple of days which has been really fun it's a fast boat so i don't know it's um and i'm sitting in the middle of the boat so i don't really have to steer or do any of those things which is really nice it's a welcome break um in small boats you kind of have to do a lot and in big boats only some of the people have to do those things so that's been really nice and it's a small group right now because um really just most of the women are here the men are coming a little bit later so it's kind of nice manageable sized group and yeah we've just been enjoying the italian weather italian food italian water (laughs) um it's been it's been nice so far the beds are italian or european hotels in general are kind of funny the beds are always pretty small and very close together so that's always kind of an adjustment but um yeah it's been it's been good and it'll continue to be good so it's fun and i'm excited to keep it going um so now it's time for our review of the week our review this week is coming from apple podcasts and C. Hamilton 327 says, fantastic, super well-produced podcast. Christy has such an interesting and inspiring story. Oh, thank you. It's very nice. Um, And thank you to everyone that has reviewed and rated the podcast. Please continue to do so on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe and review and rate. Um, I really appreciate it. And I love reading what everyone has to say. So it's it's really fun. Um, So yeah, now it is time for the main event, the moment you've all been waiting for. (laughs) Um, My conversation with my longtime coach, Kat. Um, So I'm I'm really grateful for Kat and to have had a coach like him for so long. I feel like it's not that common where coaches really like build you up to be the best version of yourself. Um, And I feel like he's done that with me and with so many people. And I really wouldn't have made it to, you know, the starting line or the finish line of the Olympics without him and so many other people. But this is an interview with him. So we'll give him this moment. Um, And he deserves it. So uh, yeah, he really just sees the best in every athlete he coaches and makes us all better athletes and people. So I hope that you learned something from him in this conversation that I'm sharing. Um, I learn from him like every day. So hopefully you do too. Here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? This is, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I'm supposed to put you on the pressure situation, not the other way around. <laughs> I don't know if that's really true. This is payback for years of. I knew it would happen eventually. You knew what was coming, and I didn't know it was coming, and now I know it. No, I'm just kidding. So, welcome. Thank you, Cat. Yep. What is your real name? Uh, Eric Catalano. Why do people call you Cat? It's from my last name, Catalano. Who was the first person that ever called you Cat? Oh, that's a good question. It might have actually been Chase. I was EJ before I was Cat. Really? I yeah. actually don't think I knew that. Really? Yeah. Yep. Who called you EJ? Like in high school? No, EJ was uh, when I was coaching Burnt Hills. Wow. Yeah. Weird. Do you want me to call you EJ? No, please, no. Okay. Did you know one time I intro- I said I introduced you to someone? I said this is my friend Eric, and you said that's not really true. 
<laughs> Which part? I don't know. <laughs> to this day, I don't know. don't know. I didn't want to clarify. So, Kat, how do we know each other? Oh, uh, so I met you when you were like knee-high to a grasshopper. Uh, no, actually, you were still taller than me. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I met you when you were maybe a sophomore in high school, uh, and you started or you joined a rowing program that I was running called a row ride race and you of your own volition signed up to uh, <laughs> row every morning and bicycle every afternoon and then ride your bicycle to the Canadian Henley across all of New York state of your own volition. <laughs> <laughs> that is how we met. I mostly meant like, what role do you play in my life now? Oh, but <laughs> Okay. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I am your coach. You are my coach. Rowing and uh, technically, I think you're boss. I was going to say, I think you're my coach and my boss. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You hold a lot of like. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I should be on my best behavior more than I am, I think. Yeah. I think so too. <laughs> are you nervous for me to ask you these questions? I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite nervous. Why? I just, I'm just excited because I consider myself to be very lucky that. I have a coach that I've known a long time and that I am 100% confident, like maybe believes in me more than I believe in myself. So I'm, I think it's really cool. And I think that you have some like coaching and life wisdom nuggets that you're just constantly throwing at me and at everybody. And I think it's going to be cool to share them and share kind of how you got here. Sure. I appreciate that. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed podcasting gets more natural the more you do it no i'm i'm more nervous i'm gonna be like oh and that time she threw a temper tantrum and then you're gonna be like cut it <laughs> <laughs> no you can talk about my temper tantrums it's okay it makes me seem more relatable <laughs> cat's like this is my worst nightmare i gotta go <laughs> i diffuse nervousness with jokes <laughs> that's, that's not true at all <laughs> no you just diffuse, i just stare at you and walk away you use nervousness with irish exiting <laughs> true <laughs> okay so how did you get into rowing uh long story maybe sure uh, so <laughs> do you I, have anything else going on today <laughs> no so i was when i was in high school i was a baseball and basketball player not very good at either one um but i was good at math uh so over the summer i went to a math camp um, and while I was there, uh, I was also doing creative writing as my second, uh, course and my creative writing instructor, uh, was a former coxswain for Princeton. And she shared with us one of her essays, uh, which was, uh, just inspiring and, uh, and just memorable. And then when I went to college, I was thinking, all right, I need to find something to do to stay in shape for baseball. Cause I was going, I was better at baseball than basketball, which isn't saying much, but, uh, but I, uh, I was like, I got to stay in shape for baseball. And so I tried rowing cause that particular essay just kind of told me what it was and introduced me to it. And, uh, interestingly, uh, Many years later, I was a I was a coach and went to a coaching conference and uh, and ran into Sandra Chu, the person who was uh, who had introduced me and was my creative writing instructor. And she was also a coach at the time. She was at William Smith, 
Uh, and so we were able to reconnect after several years and, uh, and stayed Sweet. in touch for a little bit after that. That's really cool. I don't think I knew that story either. I tell you stories every day. I know. I feel like I've heard all of your stories, and I don't think I've heard either of these stories that you've told me so far. Well, it's a different context, Yeah, I guess guess so. I guess you just got to meet me in a different context that isn't running around Fitch Loop, (laughs) biking to ice cream, or rowing, I guess. Mm, I guess so. Um, Were you going to try to play baseball, like in college? I had plans to try. I again, I was not very good. I did win uh, my our team's only game uh, when I, I was a pitcher, and I won our only game, and that's my claim to fame in baseball. Wow. We only won one game, but I was pitching. So then you started rowing, but when's the first time you coached? Uh, so I started rowing. At, this was at Union College, and uh, my coach at the time, Jim Crick uh was trying to start a local community program a local high school program uh at the time it was called erie canal athletic club and so he started this up and there were a couple of kids uh and needed coaches and me as a sophomore but like really into the technique of rowing and I i think i just kind of asked him enough questions that he thought that i was interested enough to coach other other people. Uh, again, I wasn't very experienced myself, but he said, if I help coach this, uh, high school program, he would let me come for on spring break for free. And that was the beginning. I, uh, I started coaching and I loved it and I kept coaching all through, all through college and, uh, and then changed my major and stuck with, stuck with coaching. What did you love about it? Uh, I mean, I I think it's the things that I still love. It's seeing someone like figure something out when they take a stroke or just like figure something out that they weren't able to do before. Uh, It's the growth, the everyday growth. I like how direct the uh, correlation is from work to success. As much as we always tell everyone hard work leads to success in some paths, there's a more direct correlation. and, uh, And I really appreciated that part about it. And just like the refinement of one movement. I'm a pretty singularly focused guy. And I think that appealed to me that, you know, you could really narrow focus and achieve a lot. Yeah, that's true. Rowing is really just one motion over and over again. Yeah, it's real easy. Put the blade in the water, push really hard, take the blade out of the water, repeat. In my opinion, there's a lot of different kinds of coaches. There's coaches that are like, really intense on technical focuses and there's coaches that are like really into rigging there's coaches that write kind of crazy training plans then there's like guru coaches who kind of people just like flock to i kind of feel like you dabble in literally every box <laughs> i was really wondering which one you were gonna say well, so like I- here's me waiting an- anxiously to like hear what you're gonna say well i was gonna ask you like what like what is your what do you kind of think is like the most important thing when it comes to coaching? Oh, that's the most important thing. I think that's changed a lot over the years. What I have thought is the most important thing. And I think now it's just the athlete's ability to believe how much they can change. It's like the growth mindset in the athlete 
is the most important thing. And I think you actually taught me a lot of that because I think your continued just pursuit and uh, and you've always believed. And I think that belief just given given time and continued continued growth and the ability to not think that uh, what you've done is is fixed. Uh, you know, a lot of people would, uh, a lot of people think that talent is something you have or don't, but with a growth mindset, talent grows. Talent is overrated. Overrated. But I feel like you do like care a lot about rigging. Like, I feel like you spend a lot of time rigging our boats and I feel like you put a lot of thought into like your training plan. Like, and you don't just do things that like other people are doing. I feel like you spend a lot of time thinking about like what you think is the right thing to do. I do put a lot into that. One, I think that is my job also as a coach to do. If I'm expecting you to do everything that you can, uh, it's up to me to do everything that I can. But one of the things I really like about coaching is the creativity of it and is the like thinking about training plans and like, can I create a workout that will get the athlete to believe that they can do this other thing uh, and uh, and not just these are the workouts that everybody does, but, uh, but how can I structure something so that the athlete, when they finish it, will believe in themselves a little bit more. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, in my opinion, cause you've spent a lot of time coaching like high school athletes. And I feel like in high school you can, or traditionally people are a bit more creative than maybe in the elite rowing space. Yeah. But I feel like that kind of collaboration between like high school and elite rowing and, and college rowing also like we do things that nobody else or that I haven't seen other people doing in the elite rowing space but it's helped I don't know it's helped me to like bridge gaps that I feel like it takes other people longer to bridge like I don't know give me an example <sighs> I mean like the most recent example would probably be the micro pause. Like, I don't think you actually want us to stop. So for some context in rowing, we it's a continuous motion, but you really don't ever want to stop. So Kat has this analogy of like a bike wheel is spinning and you're trying to tap it along. And instead of like, you don't want to grab it and push it. You want to just tap it. So you're 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 disrupting it, but with the least disruption as possible is basically in my mind what we're doing. And in rowing, you're trying to do the same thing. You're trying to put the blade in the water and not stop moving. You want to keep moving. and But it's hard because it is kind of like an end to the stroke. You come up, put the blade in, push, take the blade out. So it seems like there's a beginning and an end when in reality, you just want it to be this continuous circle. So you had us like do this pause in the middle of the stroke and then kind of rush into the catch which that wasn't at all designed to actually make us stop in the middle of the stroke. It was just designed to think about it in a continuous circle instead of where you, when you teach somebody the first thing about rowing, you're like, you start here and you stop here. Right. But that's actually not what you want to do. Right. And it was to right. re. So that's, that's a great example of one of the things that I re- like the creativity. And one of the things I really like to do is like, if I want you to think something different, like how can I interrupt your other thinking and uh, and create like in that particular case like we just had to reframe where the where the stroke started uh because we didn't want the stroke to start or end anywhere so i so i gave you an unnatural starting point you know in the middle of the recovery instead of at the finish or uh you know at the catch or whatever yeah so but uh but i think that's one of the things i really enjoy and we spend a lot of time drilling 
and uh and i'll like come up with a drill or a drill sequence to interrupt the way you're thinking try and get you to think another way and then try and take that way you're thinking and expand it out to a full stroke so a lot of this things we do are, are sequences that uh that kind of go through that that same motion interrupt the old find a new relate it to the full stroke mm-hmm. yeah but i feel like the other thing that i mean i think that you do very well is like every i mean and i've had i don't know how many orion teammates do you think i've had over the years like uh, uh, i mean we've only been around for a while but uh but i mean i would probably say 30 40 100 was a horrible guess <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm looking at our remember the the river table that i yeah, made, the epoxy yeah. table i'm trying to like see how many uh, thir- 30 to 40 30 to 40 yeah. yeah i think it's a little yeah. more than that but yeah but i feel like every athlete that's come in has like been different and you've been able to like okay this is like what makes you a good athlete or this you know like individualize yeah. drills training program you know different things like to every person it's not like you're looking for one you know you're not trying to make us all be one person it's like things have really changed over the years yeah yeah and i i think i try to i try to build on build on people's strengths uh and really you know obviously the drills are are designed we have a general sense of what we're trying to do but i but i do think athletes are a little bit different uh and uh and will approach things a little bit differently but uh we we do spend a lot of time doing the same drills, but I think people also know, well, this one's for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like a lot of coaches spend time like picking out things they don't like about the way that people row or I don't know, I guess like play any sport. But I feel like instead you like find the things. I mean, obviously you tell me what I'm doing wrong all the time. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> but <laughs> but like I don't know. I feel like you're it it build you really try to build on like what people are good at. Yeah. And I think if people are excited about what they're doing, I think if you build on someone's strengths, it's obviously like they just want to do. People love to do what they're good at. And uh, and the more that you can kind of keep reframing things and expand what they're good at is a little bit better for the athlete mentally than to just keep picking apart what they're bad at. Okay. So I feel like I kind of skipped over a bunch of like background stuff. So we'll, yeah. we'll skip back and forth a little bit. But you started Orion, which why did you pick the name Orion? Uh, so I actually went through a lot of different trials and like ideas, and I really wanted something that would have to do with horses because Saratoga is like a town of horse, you know, horses. And I, and I love the idea of something with the water, but I also wanted something with excellence. I had found in uh, Greek mythology, there's a, uh, horse that is a fast and powerful horse that was fathered by Poseidon. And so it was like kind of connected the water and, uh, and the horses and it was named Orion. And actually the advanced rowing initiative of the Northeast came after the word (laughs) Orion and not before. Uh, But I did want something that was like a one word thing. I regret a little bit the amount of pronunciation that it has uh, gotten of, 
incorrect pronunciations. Maybe I regret a lot about that, but I think in our first years, uh, some of the athletes in this room were expressing frustration uh, about the, uh, about the amount of times that, uh, that it was mispronounced. And I, I did have faith that eventually we would be so strong, uh, that we, that everybody would just know. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, and and we've just had to keep working for it. So extra incentive to be fast. So when did you first like have the idea to start a high performance group in Saratoga? Probably in 2015, maybe even 2014. This is a a little bit of all of this program is a little bit selfish, which I don't love to <laughs> tell other people, but I I was at Saratoga and wanted to just continue growing as a coach. And that's when I left Saratoga and went to Radcliffe and was coaching with a lightweight, uh, 04 to 07. And then got really excited about coming back to Saratoga with a new challenge of being the executive director and like running the organization. But when I came back, uh, there was, was this new challenge. So I was very excited about that. And, uh, and then just over time, I wanted to find another way to like keep growing, I didn't want to leave Saratoga to do it. I didn't really want to go into collegiate coaching at the time again. And I, but I wanted to continue growing. And uh, thankfully the board of directors was willing to hear me out trying to bring the kind of athlete that I wanted to coach to Saratoga rather than me having to leave Saratoga to go. And I think the board, I mean, I hope the board didn't want me to leave. So they said, okay, so I could bring the, uh, bring the athletes here. I was looking to stretch myself and by creating the program. And then it did really like match up nicely with the needs of the Saratoga Rowing Association and the organization. Saratoga is a, I I consider a very strong rowing presence now, but you know, 20 years ago, uh, you know, the number of people who knew about rowing was pretty low. So we don't have like the, we don't have, didn't have a deep culture in Saratoga. So I really wanted to kind of create that culture in the town by bringing additional athletes here. Yeah. So then it was pretty quick from like the time you had the idea to when the program actually started, like only a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do, uh, you know, as soon as we kind of put together the pieces and realize like, this is not only going to be beneficial, uh, for me, uh, but beneficial for Saratoga, uh, rowing. And it met the missions of the, uh, of the club to grow Saratoga as a premier, uh, just rowing destination. Uh, it kind of met, it checked off a lot of boxes for the organization. So we really kind of jumped right into it and, uh, and had made some, uh, I want to say bold moves, but like literally like knocked on the door of the guy uh, who owned the piece of property that I wanted wasn't for sale, like knocked on the door. I was like, uh, can I buy this piece of property from you? Uh, and then as soon as that, you know, as soon as we got the go ahead with that, we started, you know, tearing it down and building what we needed to build. And, uh, and I don't want to say recruiting. I did kind of talk up a little bit, uh, uh, of, of it, uh, at Canadian Henley and at a couple of places, I started trying to spread the word, but really it was, uh, it was when, uh, when you came in 2016 post Olympic trials with a couple of athletes who had been training with you that we really kind of, I mean, that was the, the beginning, uh, the beginning of the coaching portion of it. Yeah. Christy number one. Christy number one. I don't think I was actually the first person though. I think some of the other girls got 
got to Saratoga before me. When I was in college, Instagram was starting and it was, um, I don't know. I feel like there were a lot of like new social media platforms at the time. And so I was like, this one's not going to last. Like, I don't, you know, like it was like (laughs) Vine and like all these things, whatever Snapchat had just started. And I was literally, we ride the, I rode at Yale and we ride the bus. It's like a thing. We ride the bus to practice. And I was on the bus with my friends, like you have to get Instagram. And so I like got it and like the name just like christy was taken they're like try christy one so i like christy one like just the number one yeah and that was also taken so then they're like oh we'll like do like christy like like a hashtag one because like hashtag which i don't think you can actually have a hashtag in your name whatever yeah but so then i just wrote christy number one like (laughs) and that was not taken so then that's been my instagram name nice since that day yeah but i think people think that i think I'm number one and have a lot of confidence. Well, uh, I'm, uh, I'm EJ cat three. So I guess I think I'm number three. <laughs> uh, I thought you were lucky. I thought you liked the number three. I do like the number three. Yeah. 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 I feel like EJ cat one probably was available. <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. So did you think, Orion was going to be as successful as it's been. Yes. Like a hundred percent. You were like a hundred percent. I am, I am, I've never really coached at this level. I, there was no program here. I don't have any boats or oars for these people to row. I'm just going to bring them in. And I am confident that by next summer, people are going to make the national team. I mean, I don't think I had the, that, I don't think I had the expectation that it would happen that fast. But uh, like I was talking about earlier, I really feel like, you know, with a, with a growth mindset and time, uh, like, and hard work, like, I believe that I can do that. I, I believe that I could do with the program the same thing that I believe that you can do with your rowing. And, uh, and I feel like I had a, I had kind of proof positive in Saratoga rowing. Uh, and, uh, and I, I guess I did have a lot of, I had a lot of confidence in that. Maybe too much. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, I guess I also like had confidence as soon as we came in and we were, you know, on your plan and you had us doing all these things, weird things, weird things, <laughs> but it seemed very, you know, on, it seemed on purpose. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid to try different things. And, and I think one of my, I guess I would say it's a strength. Like I don't mind if I try something and it doesn't work and I like just change it and try something different. But I know, you know, if you reflect on it, like you'll, you'll find something that works. If you keep, keep trying new things, if you just do the same thing over and over, it doesn't, you're going to get the same result. It's a very classic quote. Yeah. In order to go somewhere you've never been, you have to do something you've never done. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Quotes. Why do you like quotes so much? Why do you like inspirational quotes so much? Why do I like them? Yeah. You love, like, blogs and... Yeah. Uh, I I think there's... I really like finding the connections across different... Uh, just just different areas like if i can read a a business blog and something 
applies to me and the way I'm thinking about rowing. Like I love those connections. Uh, and I feel like I'm finding like secret pieces that other people aren't finding. Like if you're not, uh, if you're not, you know, did you know about the, uh, you know, a book about business, they might find something that's just going to make, make a difference about how you're coaching your team. So, yeah. Don't share all your secrets, but do you have an example? I don't know. I what I just sent I just sent a Seth Godin blog recently. I forget what it was though. Yeah, I mean, you loved the Daily Stoic for a while. Yeah, I feel like I, Daily Stoic has cat. I think actually, hot take. You are like before things go viral. Oh, like I think you might actually like. The guy who's com- who's complete. I'm so far out of it. I'm ahead of it. I literally <laughs> think that's true. <laughs> you were like on Instagram before Instagram took off. Yeah. The Daily Stoic is now like super popular. You were doing it like three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember when I used to like read uh from that book? Read from that book yeah. in the middle of practice, like every day. <laughs> what was? It? Well, you really like um who the bas- that basketball coach, John Wooden. John Wooden, right? Yeah. 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 Who is your like coaching inspiration? You can have more than one, I guess. I mean, do you mean just like with their, I mean, I don't know the, uh, I don't know Greg Popovich, but from what I've read about how he is or, I mean, there are some coaches that have fallen from grace that had great books uh, in the great books that I read as well. Uh, so I don't know that I have one specific coach that I just want to be, uh, but I just want to like, you know, take Pick pieces, piece, take pieces from uh, from you know all different all different areas. And it's not, and again, it's not just coaches. I, I wish I had more time. I used to, I used to read a lot of uh, books. You know, like books from other coaches and good to great. And now I can listen to podcasts a little more. Uh, so that's, uh, that's helpful. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think picking pieces of coaches, I don't have one that I, that I want to be that coach. Yeah. I mean, I don't think want doesn't necessarily like want to be, but just like a coach that you're like, wow, they, they really do things the right way. Yeah. You know? I mean, was there, an, was there, is, do you think there's like a rowing coach that you look up to more or like have looked up to more than other? Uh, you know, I, I have often thought that, uh, that if I, uh, went back to college and was going to row, like who I might want to row for, um, and I don't know if I can say that I'm going to put other people. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, no, tell so, us. No, so, no, this is. So this is, uh, I'm going to start with a quote from myself that says, when I, uh, a quote, give, from, a myself? quote from myself that only Christy will recognize, uh, when I give someone a compliment, <laughs> oh yes, it is not an insult to the other person that's in the room. Does that make sense? That's a catism. That's a catism. So if I say, Christy, that was a beautiful catch. It, uh, it does mean- not mean that Christine's catch was not good. Does that make sense? All right. So now, yet yeah, do not shake your head. That, that is, 
<laughs> so now, uh, so now if, uh, if I say a coach that I think I would really like to row for, does not mean you're saying something bad. It does about the not other mean coaches. that I would not like to row for other coaches. All right. Does that make sense? Yep. You set us up great here. Okay. Thank you. Um, uh, I actually really thought I would like to row for Kevin Sauer. Mm. Um, and I just had met him in, you know, in passing at conferences or whatever. And I haven't had like a ton of, a ton of interactions with him, but I felt like, I felt like I would have, would have interacted well in his, in his program. So, um, and again, I don't, I, that doesn't mean I wouldn't want to row for anyone else, but yeah. Kevin Sauer is the university of Virginia women's coach. He's very, um, he's a very successful coach. I, I actually almost yeah. went to UVA. I yeah. really like Kevin, but um, I also I also uh, have said that about Justin Moore. Hmm, interesting. Who is a Trinity Syracuse? Yeah, doesn't coach right now though. He doesn't coach right now. It's sad. I mean, not for him. He's I'm sure he's doing exactly <laughs> what he wants to do. <laughs> um, a quick story about Kevin though did you know that in 2019 when we were in Virginia he was like you know I I know you're not like where you want to be right now but like you're almost there like you're really close to like turning like you're really close like you should not stop rowing at the end of this quad well obviously we didn't know COVID was going to happen we didn't know the Olympics were going to be postponed right and I was like this guy's crazy yeah (laughs) But But he was right. Right. But that's like, that's a good example of someone like who is like. I don't know if he remembers saying that to me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. But, uh, but he, uh, he took the time. Uh, He like saw, saw you and, you know, took the time to say that. And I think that's, I think that's really cool. Yeah. It was nice. It was very nice. Although he also deleted me from the ready athlete. That's right. That's right. Um, Cat Side Hustle started a like recovery app for us to use like on your phone that you basically say you answer like 10 questions just because you wanted to see how recovered we were or why did you start that? Uh, yeah, it was just a, uh, a way to gauge again, like I said, I, I don't mind tinkering with my training plan. I don't mind like making a training plan and, and being like, you know what, that was too much. Like, I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid to do that because I can, I'll just come back and I'll change it. And I know it, it might feel like I'm playing with your life a little bit by doing that, but I feel like we all need to, uh, if we all need to continue to experiment and continue to grow. Um, and, uh, and so that was a way for me just to look at it and say, oh man, those guys are struggling right now. If they, if everybody pulls up in the red, you know, mm-hmm. now tell the truth. Am I the best person at filling it out? Uh, you're absolutely the best person at filling it out. Yes. You have yeah. so much data on me. I filled I, it out every day for like years. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing with that? Sitting on all that data? Uh, I, Nothing? I'm, I'm selling it. No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I'm, I'm checking your. I'm checking when you say uh, you had a great practice on your podcast. I'm just going back to look and see what. <laughs> um, catisms was one of the things that I wanted to talk about because I do feel like you have these just things that you say to me and everyone like all the time. Um, I'm curious. Now if, I'm nervous because I don't know what my catisms are. Well, I think 
the the one you just said is definitely one when but it's so interesting because now I'm going to give you a compliment. I think you've taught me a lot about rowing, but I think you've taught me probably more about life. I don't know if you did that on purpose, but like it's crazy because these like lessons that I think are mostly designed for rowing are actually like life lessons. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of that's that connection between like you pull something from here and it up, totally applies over here as well. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's because you spend so much time coaching high schoolers and I think in high school, but like, yeah. I don't think you really owed me or owed any of my teammates that like making us better people. Yeah. But I think that's like been a huge part. And we talk, I mean, you talked to us about being good teammates and like all these things. Like, I don't know if other elite teams are doing that. Is it just because you like don't want people crying in your office or? <laughs> that's, yeah, probably. <laughs> no, no, I, I think that's, I mean, I think that when we, when we grow and we see, uh, we see growth in each other, there builds, there builds trust and, uh, and the relationships that are, relationships that are strong carry trust and it's going to support you you know as you row but i mean ultimately growing as a human is more important than any of that so yeah 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 so what do you think your catisms are you don't know what the other ones are i'd say one is definitely if you holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to feel the poison yeah, that's I I'm, I mean, are these catisms because I have to keep telling you them or <laughs> it's not just me. No, no, no I know. I know. Um, what's another one? I don't know. I, I feel like the I absence of a compliment is not an insult. The absence of a compliment is not an insult. You are the product of like the five people you spend all of your time around. I think about that sometimes you know, you only have so much time and like to spend, you know, in your day, in your life, like, and really the people that you spend your time with are like, have this huge impact on you. Oh yeah. And I feel like if things aren't going well, like sometimes I'll be kind of in like a rut or unhappy or, you know, something and I'll be like, it's because I need to go home. Like I can't, you know, I, yeah. I, I need to like spend time with people that I love and that love me. And, and yeah. And, and I think a normal, a normal is always fluctuating. Mm-hmm. And as you know, you, and you go in different groups, I, I don't think I ever wore Carhartt in the, <laughs> uh, in the nineties or the two thousands or the 2010. And now all I own is Carhartt. <laughs> Because other people around you are wearing cars. That's yeah, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a silly example. That is but that's true. It's true. Um, but uh but I think go going back to your life lessons point, I I did as coach in coaching juniors, I did really uh start to realize like especially with high schoolers, I probably spent more time with high schoolers most of the high schoolers than their parents did you know they're with me three hours a day and you know they're at school other than that they're at school or they're with their friends or they're doing their homework and like i don't know too many adults that have that that amount of time to spend with with a child on on a six day seven six days a week you know Mm -hmm. so i think i took the role pretty 
uh, seriously. As I think people that spend time with children probably should. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Now it is time for Ask Christy Anything. Bum, bum, bum. Um, so my teammate Lauren asked me, if you could row anywhere in the world, where would you row? And I think I'm going to go a little sentimental with this one. I live uh, about 20 minutes away from Saratoga in Glens Falls, New York, um, with the, my boyfriend and my dog. And I drive over this like overpass that goes over, I think it's part of the Hudson River. I'm actually not sure. Um, on my way to practice every day. And it's, I swear, every day, this water is beautiful. It's like eight minutes from my house and looks amazing every day. Um, and I've always wanted to row there. And I think people have rowed there. I just never have. Um, but I think, I don't know. There's just something about driving by places that you've always wanted to row and then finally getting to row there. And it's funny because it's really close to my house, but... I think that's the place that I'd want to row that I haven't rowed. Um, so yeah, but I don't know. Anywhere would be cool. <laughs> um, if you have a question for Ask Christy Anything, you can uh, send it to me on Instagram. My handle is at Christy number one, or um, you can email it to us the other three years at gmail.com. Um, I think you can submit it on our website the other three years.com. So yeah, so many ways to get in contact with us to ask me anything. Coming up next week, we have part two of my uh, conversation with Kat. So next week is the Q&A section of our conversation. We had a lot of listener questions come in on Instagram or texting or stuff like that. So questions other people had for Kat and there were some really good ones. So some good questions, some good answers, some other uh, times Kat liked to make fun of me. So everything was in there. We laughed, we cried. We had a really long conversation. So don't worry, there's still a lot left to go. <laughs> um, but if you enjoyed this week, which hopefully you did, be sure to tune in next week for even more of Christy and Kat. So to end this show this week and going forward, I have made an executive decision that I'm going to share an inspirational quote that I like um, to leave us all with. I love quotes. Uh, Chris sends them to me before big races. And when I hear good ones, I just put them in a, the notes app on my phone. So I have a lot to share. And I feel like it's just a nice way to leave us with, you know, a little inspiration. So this week's comes from Tom Brady. Um, I am a big Patriots fan because I grew up in Boston. So he said, other than playing football, the uh, other thing I love to do is prepare to play football. It doesn't ever feel like a sacrifice to me. Football's a job, but it's never felt like a job to me. Thanks for listening. See you next time. I'd love to hear from you. So send us a topic suggestion, or if you'd like to submit a question for our Ask Christy Anything segment, head to our website, theother3years.com.